0: So hey guys, I have Sue with me. Uh, Sue Dores is uh, a customer experience and digital marketing strategist, and uh, she's a customer of obsessed person. Like uh, she is always cares about her customers and always is always thinking like what uh, her customers are doing. So Sue, can you go ahead and give uh, like tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast today. So I am co-founder and director of marketing and customer experience for a customer experience consulting firm called M4 Communications. Um, we actually coach our clients and anybody who's, who wants to be a client on how to be customer-centric. We also help them Develop and implement their digital transformation initiatives. And we collaborate with them on building omni-channel experiences that that both their employees and
0: customers love. That sounds great. So you told us like you mostly work on like customer success. So can you start? Uh, can you tell us a little bit like what is customer experience and what is customer success? Are they any different terms or are they the same? Well, they're actually different. Um,
1: but the the beauty with customer experience and customer success is they're, uh, the the function and the role within the, a company, they're on very parallel paths and they work very closely together. So so my all-time favorite definition of customer experience comes from Forrester. And they say that customer experience is every interaction or touch point your customer has with your brand. It doesn't it not only includes the what's, the actual interactions, but also the hows, the perceptions, feelings that you have that the customer has when they're when they have the interactions. So there's three important things with with a good customer experience. One it's it's useful. It's delivering value. It's as a customer, it's helping me if if it made a promise, we can help you solve this problem, it actually solves the problem. So they so it it must actually Help the customer achieve their desired business outcome. Second, it's easy to use. Um, there's there's low or no friction, and third, it's enjoyable to use. Um, it's emotion. It's emotionally engaging, and I bring up emotion last because I think we all know that emotions drive purchase decisions. Right. Interesting, interestingly, interestingly a Harvard business school professor says that 95% of purchasing decisions are subconscious. And and I'm, I know I'm driven, driven by feelings. You're driven by feelings. We're all driven by feelings. Mm -hmm. So as, as a marketer, we want the consumer to remember our product or brand. And to do so, they must be engaged and feel emotionally connected by the interaction with the company. I, and I think that's why I'm pretty positive that, and, and I think we've all seen it now, that brands are moving, have been, and are, are more moving into storytelling. Right. I know, and I'm sure you're seeing that. Every time I see it lately, an Apple – an apple commercial it's talking about a story how somebody has has a challenge and with with the apple product it meets that challenge and these are the benefits that it that it gets okay. or these are the benefits that the customer or the, the person has through using the apple product i know one big example and it's kind of Timely. So in the US, we just celebrated Thanksgiving last Thursday. And what happened this week, Tuesday, um, two, day, um, two days ago, so that would have been November 27th, we have this thing called Giving Tuesday. And that's where people can give to. To charities and there's been a lot of emails and storytelling and videos and, and things of that nature. One thing, one organization that does this well, and they don't just do it during Giving Tuesday. Did they, they do it year long? And it's the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. You've probably seen some of these these videos. Um, I think they're on yeah. YouTube. Right. So they talk about all these dogs specifically um that are abandoned and you know they they play on your heartstrings and all all that all that stuff and and it shows people rescuing the dogs and things of that nature and then they said we need your help um if you can contribute 10 dollars a month to help us that will save x number of do- cats and dogs so that's where the whole emotion thing comes in. So we talked about customer experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Now customer success, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I have three different definitions to kind of paint the picture of customer success. So customer success is the relationship between a vendor and its customers with the goal being to make the customers as successful as possible with the product. And in so doing, to increase customer lifetime value. So when a customer is successful with a product, that in essence,
0: Uh
1: the company is meeting that customer's desired business outcomes. When that that happens, they want to stay with the vendor longer. And the longer that they stay, the more they purchase. And retention, loyalty, and hopefully advocacy increase. The Customer Success Association has a similar view. Um, They say customer success is about customer relationship, retention, and optimization. And the most effective way to keep your customers is to make them as successful as possible in using your products. Um, And the third definition comes from the Technology Services Industry Association. They're kind of the... uh, the SaaS body, um, SaaS tech body, they define customer success as the, inter- the intersection between the promise of a supplier's technology and the customer's desired business outcomes. So, again, the, the – what do I want to say? Um, where these three definitions intersect is where – the company's product is helping the customer
0: to be successful. Indeed. Right. Yeah. So we, I think you talked uh, uh, very much in detail about the difference between customer experience and customer success. Uh, and that's been explained very well on your blog as well. So I was going through your blog the other day and uh, I found this section which is called the Holy Trinity of Growth. So can you explain, like, what, what is the holy trinity of growth?
1: Absolutely. So Gartner typically puts out an annual survey of CEOs that, you know, they, they ask them for feedback on a variety of different things. And growth, again, is a CEO's most important priority. But growing, it, it's not enough. And let me, let me take you down, tell you a little story as it were, since we're storytelling some theme with today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So as you know, we now live in in a digital age where if I'm your customer, I can interact with you mobily on the web through email, uh, I'm sure, um, through an app through, um, well, that is mobile, um, through a variety of different touch points and different channels. Um, because it's so digital, the journey that I go to interact with you is, isn't, isn't linear. Um, so because the journey isn't linear and, and I'm going different ways to interact with you and doing different things to interact with you. Um, When brands can understand what the customer experiences, we as brands can paint a, a better, more accurate picture of how customers are behaving at different moments and we're able to better determine how to improve each of those moments and how to connect the dots, so customers, so that we can optimize the experience for customers and they can have a bit, have better experiences. So doing all that requires a digital transformation and and b culture change. So I did a lot of reviewing and studying and talking with people, and and we came up with this thing that we call the holy trinity of growth. We believe everything revolves around growth. And what the holy trinity of growth states is that when you align culture with employee experience and customer experience, you achieve growth. So we know with the culture, if you look at a triangle and the top of the triangle, that's culture. Everything stems from from culture. Culture starts at the top, the CEO and other C-suite members drive the culture. The hope is that they're leading the organization in such a way that it survives and thrives. So that's that's piece one. Piece two is is employee experience. So we we as employees of an organization have interactions and perceptions of of those experiences. And the better the better our experiences within an organization, the more engaged we are. And an an engaged employee is enthusiastic about working, committed to their work and workplace, go over and above the call of duty as it were. were. They take positive positive action to further the organization's reputation and interests, and they're actually advocating for the organization, okay. so employee engagement is the desired inco- excuse me, the desired outcome of what a employee, an engaged employee does, and that's what we want. We want to drive employee engagement. Of course, it's been a tough nut to crack because if you look at Gallup.com, which is I think the leading organization that tracks these things okay. in the U.S employee engagement hasn't wavered much from the 30 to 34% range for the U.S. Globally, it's it's um, stayed around the 15% range. And this is for the past 20 years when it started to actually track these things. So there's a long way to go, but, that, but that, that's an important piece of the growth. The third component is customer experience. So when employees are engaged – and they understand how they fit into the organization, it's easier for the CEO and the C-suites and, and those that champion the customer experience vision to, to get employees to understand that customer experience vision, um, to buy into it, understand how they fit into it, and why it's important that they take ownership. And it's already been proven that engaged employees drive CX. According to Temkin Group, which is a top customer experience management research research organization, says that those companies that are leading in CX have 60% more engaged employees than those that are lagging in CX. Okay. So it, it pays to have engaged employees because they drive customer experience within an organization
0: right right so uh, just a while ago you also said uh, like a brand should be uh, present on all the channels or a brand should be where the its customers are so uh, should customer experience be activated on all the channels where the customer is or should brand uh, get their customers on a single platform like a forum or a ticketing platform like Zendesk
1: so, as far as omni-channel and the number of channels that you should do, use, first, you need to determine where your customers are at, um, right. which channels they are, are using. And typically, an organization has more than one channel, and that's, that's where omni-channel comes in. Now, the problem that has happened over the past number of years, and, and actually, omni-channel, I do an annual customer experience trends to watch out for, you know, it's, I don't want to call it a forecast. It's just trends to watch out for in the new year. The past couple of years I've had Omnichannel on on there because it's it's so important. And I'll I'll explain why. The brands that don't do Omnichannel well make it about the channel, this channel, that channel. It's kind of like an app an inside-out approach, whereas omni-channel should always be about the customer. How are we improving their experience? Um, So when companies make omni-channel more about the channel, you get a term what's called multi-channel. And multi-channel is not omni-channel. Multi-channel is the channels that we kind of discussed. We have mobile and email and traditional and the web and all those things and you can tell when you're going when you have the experience on email it doesn't it doesn't real it might not align with an experience you have on social media, let's say.
0: Indeed.
1: And and because that happens you get Comments in studies like this one from Accenture. Accenture, in a, recent, um, in a recent study, showed that two-thirds of its respondents are frustrated in inconsistent experiences when they're using multiple channels. And, in fact, Salesforce went further to say that over three-fourths of consumers' customers want a consistent Experience. So, what you need to do is basically create one channel. Yeah, I might be accessing it at, at different different places, but it should be one channel that I get the same experience on email as I would on the web, as I would mobile. So, there there's no fragmentation, there's no silos, and I think a really good example of this is in social customer service. Okay. So what I do, mm-hmm. here, here's a really good example and a really good response. I'm a huge Marriott hotels loyalist. Whenever we're traveling, we're, we're using um, Marriott. I did, I was in London this fall and I didn't have a great experience with a new Marriott hotel, and I made a comment about it on on Twitter. More people are going to Twitter to contact brands than than any other channel. I mean, it, it's just easy. It, you know, it, it's quick. Hey, I I send a note. The expectations are high. Customers expect a response within an hour. Um, Otherwise, you know they're they're getting they're getting a little frustrated. The the brands that do well are are doing that, and actually, Marriott heard me. They reached out to me. They gave me a bunch of points, and they said, "Give us another chance." And so I did go back, and I had a better experience. So it it does pay. The problem here is many companies think, okay. Yeah, we need to do social media. We're on social media. I guess we should. If we're on social media, we should take customer questions and issues on social media. But they're not serious about it. They'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you had this problem. Here's a link to email us." So they're. I'm in a channel that should be used, right? But they're sending me to another channel, and that's a pure case of it's. It's a multi-channel, but it's not an omni-channel. It's not connected. It's not right. connected in, inside, inside the organization. So it makes me feel that I'm dealing with the company no matter which channel I use. Um, no matter what channel I use. So that, that, that's a really good example of omni-channel and multi-channel. So the, the okay. point is definitely, definitely want to be want we'll to have that consistent experience with however many channels that the company has
0: included in its strategy. Okay. So a company is uh, being on a lot of these channels where their customers are. So how do you personalize customer success? Is it becoming more hard for a brand to personalize it due to the omnipresent? Well, I think it, it is, it's becoming more complex
1: and that has to do with Customer expectations don't stop. If you've noticed it um, right. in your organization, or even your expectations as a consumer, hey, I'm, my expectation is I can do this. I can contact you. Um, I can I can do live chat whenever, wherever I am. You need to be available for me. So as those expectations continue, we have to be ready and and that isn't that is in the personalization piece and that is knowing who your customer is knowing their needs their pains, their, their motivators, listening to them uh, not only and there's a number of things that, that we need to do social listening is very important. Uh, listening from their feedback and surveys, listening from the field, listening from feedback when you have a direct conversation. Right. The listening piece isn't the issue. What customers trip on is the insights and taking those insights, putting them, implementing them into their processes so that you're actually improving the customer's experience and closing the loop with them actually going back and say, Hey, you had a great suggestion. We've implemented that and we just want to let you know about it and let us know what you think, blah, blah, blah type thing. That's closing the loop with the customer. What, because we're, there's just so many nuances. It's very difficult to do that without technology. So understanding and that's where understanding what customers are going through how we how can we change the strategy and use technology to support that strategy? So the things that we should be looking out for is through our feedback is what things do customers feel? that they can do on their own self service what can be what tasks can be automated that they can go in at any time and do make that the self service piece your your automated piece and then what things do they need more help on that would be more of a higher human human type touch to help them through
0: right
1: and specifically the more you can personalize the onboarding experience with your customer the better they're going to be so a customer Buys your product, you set up an onboarding kick, kick, basically a relationship kickoff call, and you start the onboarding process, knowing what their goals are and what's and the things that they want to do. You can personalize the type of training that they need. You can personalize, okay, these are the tasks that that you need to get do, and we're going to help you with that to help you make to help you be more successful in addition and we've been talking about the the journey and how do we optimize the experience and how do we take that feedback knowing where to set up those listening posts and by listening posts I mean where's a good place and time to deliver an NPS net promoter score survey um when is the right time to do a customer effort score survey, and the difference between the two? I know this is not what we, not part of the question, but it, but right. it's important. So that net promoter yeah. score should really be something to help you with the relationship, not not so much transactional. that a comfort, customer effort score is so after each transaction, you'd probably want to do. Um, deliver a customer effort score survey because you want you want to make make sure and we talked about this on customer experience how effortless is the experience you get high marks on that you're you're doing well if you don't that's giving you some insights oops we need to go back and look at that what what happened in that particular interaction and and see where what insights we can get and, and fix, because there might be a gap, there might be something broken there that we can actually work on. So knowing those listening posts and where to put things in. The the very the the biggest key about onboarding is onboarding is really what's going to drive whether you get a retained customer or not. So making making that those steps, making that onboarding experience pretty ironclad because that's going to really help tell you if the if your customer is adopting your product and are they going to be loyal with it?
0: Okay. So it means like uh, customer success definitely affects customer journey in, uh, in whatever stage your, the customer is correct. Yeah. So what, what 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 are some of the trends that you see for customer success in 2019?
1: For trends, um I think I think the big one for for customer success I I'd say um I'm seeing more alignment with customer the the customer success function aligning with customer experience, aligning with product, aligning with sales. So that customer, when they have an issue, everybody's on board. When everybody's aligned, it helps brands be more proactive. You can de- deliver that personal, personal experience, optimize the experience. When, when you can get rid of the silos – and have everybody aligned, that, that is a big, big issue. Um, So that, that's what I, that's the trend, the big trend that I see with customer success, um, that, that whole alignment. Another trend that I see from, from the customer experience side is, using emergent emerging technology to augment the experience, so ai is is a big is a big thing it I've seen AI in some some organizations that or how it's being used really understand the purpose that they they have for AI and how they can help the customer. I mean, certain things that you can use AI with is, um, for instance, in the context center, um, using AI for some of the lower-level tasks. So you can... What do I want to say? So that you can take deeper dives and personalize the experience. I have a really cool example. Uh-huh. Um, Under Armour is actually working with, um, oh, it's oh, I can't think of it. It's um, IBM. Um, and I cannot think of their AI right now. Um, is it Watson? IBM Watson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I, I had a... Um, I I had a little mental speed bump there. They are working with IBM Watson to create this personal. uh, What do I want to say? Personal trainer mechanism for for people who you know do to train um, who do exercising. I think it's fantastic. Some of the things that the company companies are are using. I know hows. Um, H-O-U-Z-Z dot has this great augmented reality program that you can actually try pieces of furniture before you buy to see how it looks like in, how it looks in your house. Um, Volvo is working with cu- customers on another augmented reality project where they're, they are collaborating, Volfo is collaborating with customers to help them co-create new projects. So I see a very strong trend this next year in augmenting customer experience with a variety of different emerging technologies.
0: Okay. So, so it, it includes uh, different uh, technologies, like you, you just said, AR, VR, then it also includes AI. So that's a really interesting thing to know that companies are using these technologies to improve the customer experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I I think that's it. Like, uh, I just have one last question. Uh, How do you differentiate uh, a customer experience or customer success between B2B and B2C companies?
1: Well, from a customer success standpoint, that's more of... It really has, so customer success has its foundation in B2B SaaS. Customer experience, because it sometimes it's easier getting to the end user and not going through, because in B2B, your middleman is your business. So you're the company you sell to a business who sells to its end user. B2C, you're going direct to end user. That's where omni-channel is huge. And I'm happy to see that, uh, what do I want to say, that B2B is starting to use uh, some omni-channel approaches that B2C use. So this is a case of... In B2B, you're thinking about the end user, but you're marketing it to the company. In B2C, you're thinking about and marketing to the end user, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. Thanks for doing this,
1: Sue. Well, I enjoyed talking about customer experience and customer success. It's a, it's, it's a hot topic, and um, it's nice to see businesses are, are finally getting on board with it. Great talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.